Happy Sabbath. We are heartbroken because camp meeting has ended, but our time with you continues. We have just had a blast, a blast talking about Revelation. And in our time here, we've been talking about the book of Ephesians. So as you know, today we've got a special guest. We're going to jump into looking at Ephesians 6. And next week, for those of you who have emailed or asked questions, yes, Joey made it to Micronesia. He preached, and now he's back. We're going to invite you to pray, and then we're going to introduce our special guest that is going to have a conversation on obedience of parents and children. Let's go ahead and pray. God, thank you so much for your blessings, your love, your compassion. We just want to thank you for what you do. We want to thank you for the relationships you forged but above all, we want to thank you because each of those relational dynamics are founded on this idea of submission, first to you and, and then to one another. So we pray that we might submit ourselves to your spirit, for we do so in Jesus' name. Amen. So my co-host today is our pastor for discipleship, the very brilliant Pastor Joel Royer. Hello, Joel. How are you today? After that introduction, <laughs> I'm not sure what to say. Thank you, Pastor Miguel. Brilliant. I've never heard you uh, use that word with me before. Well, you, you, everyone has, everyone has <laughs> some brilliance, Joe. Everyone Thanks. possesses levels of brilliance, <laughs> and you are brilliant. I know that you were very concerned because last time we had you on, oh yes, um, there was a joke that you made, and so we just had you come back, uh, not only to because I'm we crave your insight, but because we want to clarify, clarify this joke that you made. And what was the joke? Is that ah, what I get to... I remember it yeah. like it was yesterday. Okay, so there's a joke around here that it started just with me and Randy, and then it kind of went into the staff, and then I mentioned it on broadcast, and that was a mistake, so I apologize. This is for all of you <laughs> and Randy that I write Randy's sermons because usually I say I write them, but he is the better presenter. I'm kind of the brilliance behind the words. You and are he brilliant. Can, yeah. Yes. And he, he just delivers those, but that's really not accurate. So some of you are getting a good chuckle and some of you are really probably upset about this, but yeah. Well, so that was kind of a joke last time, which has been a while. It's been a while, but we're yeah, we, but we just and, and yet want we to clarify. Had you back. Yeah, and yet thank we you. Had you back. No, you know, it's we we all know, and some of you that are asking, Pastor Joel does not write Pastor Randy's sermons. <laughs> Pastor Joel just approves of Randy's sermons, like all of us here. <laughs> like we all do. Before we get anyone else in trouble. Yeah. Um, you know, I love, and I was I was talking to to both you and your mom couple weeks ago. And I just love the Royer family. Um, I'm constantly... We love you too, Miguel. Yeah, I just love the <laughs> Royer family. I'm constantly trying to like find ways to integrate myself into the Royer family. And it's really an interesting dynamic that I think both of us have. Because uh, you have your mom that works here on the team. I have my wife that also works on the team. How do you find, you know, this this dynamic where you're having a very close family member also doing ministry with you? Well, it has its pros and its cons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number one, obviously, she's not mom. Most She's of the time, I call her Janine, and people think I'm very disrespectful, but we try to, you know, at work, it's Janine at home, it's mom. Um, but man, what do I think about that? It's, it's actually one of the positives is she's able to be very direct mm. where I think some others on staff may not feel open to be direct with me with some things that they see. And she's 
it, she has the relationship with me where she's able to um, give me some uh, helpful words out of love that I would probably accept better with our relationship than others. And she feels more comfortable sharing um, that, you know, are important. So I, I think there's a, a trust that is built in there, obviously, since we're related. And um, the, the downsides is she's in the administrative office. So she knows way more about what's happening mm. than I do. And she's one of these people. Yeah, she. she and I try a, to dig evolved. info she's out of a, her. She and is she evolved. She will not say a word. <sighs> yeah, well, she's evolved. What uh, about you, with a wife? I think it's it's similar. Mm -hmm. um, at at work, she's Linda. Um, at home, obviously, she's not mom. I call her Mama Sita. Mama Sita. Mama Sita, not babe. No, Mama Sita. Not peaches. Nope, Mama Sita. Not, okay, Mama Sita. Uh, but I think <laughs> what really, what I think really stays with me is, yes, you have to have those clear boundaries mm -hmm. that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it, it just gets really enmeshed. But so that's the kind of the negative part that I think you were alluding to. What I think is really, really neat is you were mentioning kind of how uh, Janine has the capacity to speak into your life in ways that perhaps the rest of us don't simply because you've got so much trust built up built up i think the same thing happens with linda and i mm -hmm. um linda does have the capacity to look at me and say hey this is what's going on and this is where we need to improve these are some things that uh structurally or that in your ministry i think you need to consider uh reassessing uh, but that all, I take it very positively, whereas uh, in other cases, I think we take it as a critique. When it comes to Linda, I take it very positively because we have that trust built up. Yeah. And, you know, she loves you and she's saying that out of love versus mm. trying to make you feel bad or. Right. Yeah. Right. So There's it doesn't people. trigger any of my insecurities, which right. I know are we. We all, as human beings, have insecurities. Speak for yourself. No, you. I know you. I know you are a completely <laughs> self-differentiated. Oh no! Uh, insecurities lie right here for sure. <laughs> yes. I think that's what Paul is trying to do mm. in his ministry. So uh, we've been talking this quarter about the Book of Ephesians, and just kind of a, a quick refresher for those of you watching. The main thing in Ephesians is ecclesiology. It has to do with church. How do we do church together? And Paul kind of, in, in Ephesians, I find it really interesting, Joe, because he doesn't talk about theology as much. Now, we, there's obviously many places where Paul gets really theological. Romans, um, some of the places in Galatians, even Colossians. Mm -hmm. But in Ephesians, it's all about relationships. Because I think in order for a, for a home mm -hmm. or a job mm -hmm. or a team or parents and, and, uh, and children or spouses to function, you need to have that trust. And you need right. to believe that this person that, that is speaking into, a, into our lives has our best, intent, our best intentions at, at heart. Absolutely. Couldn't yeah. agree more. Relationships are huge. Theology, relationships, how, how are those intersecting? They're closely linked. <laughs> the problem is sometimes uh, we, because each of us is kind of, and I don't mean each of, uh, I mean all of us. All of us, right. We are all slanted in some mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to me, relationships are not kind of the, the space that I feel most comfortable in. I know it's shocking to most of you, <laughs> but um, I do live a this lot. Extrovert, in the world. right? Is you just... know, just a, <laughs> just a ball of energy and loves to engage with people. Um, I think you know we we have these lives that are that are curated intellectually. Some of us, uh, there are others uh, that for whom the the relationship comes first, and then thinking about the implications, I think comes second. Um, I think Paul's a really good mix mm. of both of them, but um, I do think that when it comes to forging relationships in 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 a church, uh, there's two components, and I think you already mentioned the first one. You got to believe that the other person's got your back. Your back. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. uh, the second one is you got to find a way to trust and respect uh, the persons that God has called you into relationship with. And I think within churches, that's really difficult to do because uh, you are, after all, doing life together. Uh, and I know, for example, uh, within within my own family, uh, we try, as we said, to keep these boundaries, uh, but sometimes there's spillage, and it's really mm -hmm. difficult to keep uh, to keep working on our trust and, and our respect for one another. Specifically in the work, uh -huh. feels what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. yeah, I think the well, when you you talk about a congregation and a work place with relationships and building that respect. I think that's a really hard thing because so many times I think where the the respect starts to take a dive is where the circles don't mm. match up what people mm -hmm. say mm -hmm. and what they do mm -hmm. aligning and so many times I think that their people actually leave the church, not as much for beliefs or anything mm -hmm. like that, but it's more over people and over relationships. And when you don't have respect or trust in someone, I, I hear a lot with hypocrisy, a lot of different right. things like that. Um, I think that's where people start to lose their trust and their respect is when they see this person saying this they're doing this and they're just not mm. overlapping and aligning. Mm. And then there starts to creep in this second guessing this, I'm going to watch them a little more carefully. Mm. And it starts to create gaps in between the relationship that can really um, drive wedges and start to make things dysfunctional. Mm. So in any home, that's a reality in any uh, church or business when those things start to you know pull people a lot uh, apart it, it takes a little bit to get that back see i told you you were brilliant yes <laughs> yes let's um not go, let's not go over well, well, there like, but just think yeah. about just think it, about the the analogy that that you've created because i think this is the analogy that paul is is trying to to point us towards in ephesians Paul starts by saying, look, if, if we make this claim about the lordship of Jesus in our lives mm -hmm. and, you're living, and we talk about submitting to Christ, but you're lording over somebody else, the circles mm -hmm. don't match. Mm -hmm. And you cannot create community where these core values and these core beliefs that you have don't align with your behavior. Mm -hmm. And I know you and I talk about, about this quite a bit because one of the things that, that um, you at home might not know about my colleague is when it comes to you, you're, you, put, you place a lot of impetus in making sure that what you say and, and how you live match up. And I've often asked why, and a couple, not that I think it's good to lie, by the way, friends, but I do. I've, I've asked, why is that so central to you? And I remember us having this conversation a few weeks ago and you telling me, it's not just for me or for my own sake. Um, as a pastor, as a member of the body of Christ, there is uh, there is this torch that I'm called to carry. There are these these things that I'm called to live out for. And so for the benefit of, of my congregation, of those around me, of the people that I that I enter into a relationship with, as much as I can, I try to make those two circles uh, match. Right. It It's uh, not 100% <laughs> accurate. I mean, I, I think that's what we are called to and, and what Paul you know, is alluding to is that is, that's the goal, right? And we often fall short of that, but it is, I, I think I'm probably, it's probably heavier on my heart to be that way because I've seen the other and mm. it has affected my walk. Mm. It is 
placed questions in my mind and I've, I've tried to resolve when I see people doing this and then I see them acting this way and it confuses me because I'm not sure which is the real individual. Mm. And my grandfather would tell my mother and my mother, me and my grandfather would tell me, your actions speak so loud I can't hear what mm. you're saying. And so that was always a saying in yeah. growing up and, and, and for my mom and her sister and brother as well. So I just think it's vital. Where is it um, that talks about the fragrance that we as Christians are to have? Yeah. And there's the fragrance of death Oof. and the fragrance of life. I think that is also here, like how we portray ourselves and what we do can have this fragrance of death that, that just repels mm. people. Or you have the fragrance that is more Christ-like where you're you know, your circles are aligning that, that is more Christ-like and that builds trust and, mm. and, and people, it, it aligns where people can have respect and start to trust the other just, I don't know. It, it's tough. Some people it doesn't matter No, for, but, for, you know, I don't know. No. Go ahead. You. No, no. I just, and, and I've heard you. Now I know where the pearl of wisdom came from. It was your grand, your grandfather. Papa. Was this Papa? Jane, James Hudgens. You know, Papa. You I do. How to work I out. did. I did. Papa I just... and I used to live together. <laughs> Miguel, bless his heart. I have this video I actually saw the other week where Miguel was helping my 97 year old grandfather at the time lift weights. You were mm. working on his biceps. It was so mm. cute. He anyway. was, he was, he was, a he was, he was quite the character, um, yeah. but I, 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 that's so wise just, and I've heard you say it time and time again, where, you know, especially for us as pastors, a lot of our, the realm we inhabit is the realm of communication. Mm -hmm. And so, um, we try, uh, and we pride ourselves on being good communicators, on communicating clearly, on using language adequately and appropriately. But I think the other piece mm -hmm. often is forgotten. And so you've you've mentioned that uh, to us here on, on our team several times. Your actions are speaking so loud that that I can't that I can't hear you. And it seems like that's what Paul is trying to do to the church at Ephesus. Um, because he's just talked about spouses, and now he's going to talk about parents and children. And it's interesting that he doesn't give them these like very deep, uh, rich, scriptural uh, commands. Rather, he gives them this this simple thing. He says, "Children, obey uh, Ephesians chapter six verse one. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother." which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may go mm -hmm. well with you and you may enjoy long life on earth. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of things that I think a church needs to hear. <laughs> like if, if I was to, to have to address a congregation and, and people were saying, okay, well, what do you need in order to make this true church fruitful? I think a lot about a lot of things. I'm not sure that the fifth commandment would be would be among the top the things top. I would think about. But yet here it is, Paul pushing us back to this idea of relationships. And I love that imagery, right? That you that you gave us. When people walk into your church, there's an odor, there's a fragrance, and the the fragrance of life and a fragrance that is invigorating, a fragrance that is going to cause you to bump into Jesus is uh, can only occur when your actions and your mm -hmm. uh, and what you say your words match it's it's very very important i i love that he goes back to talking about children and their relationship with parents and um for this is right that's i don't know about you i was the most <laughs> i was an awful child I know it's very hard to believe. <laughs> I had a mouth on me. I I was a very, I was a problem child. 
Like my brother was very compliant, very respectful. And I was the one with the mouth. I would tell my mother when I didn't like, so she do, I'd literally say, I hate you. <gasps> Who does that? And your mom is so sweet. I know. She totally did not deserve it. And I went through a phase where I definitely did not honor my my mother or my father. Um, I got in big trouble many times. And I don't know where I don't know where that shifted. Maybe it was all those spankings. <laughs> Maybe it was all those uh, being grounded in my room for weeks on end wow. sometimes. Yeah, no, I, I, but, but honoring your, and I don't know where you were going to go with this, but your father and your mother, I, that is so important because it, it starts um, children at a young age learning how to respect. Mm. Um, and that's laying the foundation, right, for adulthood, which we still need to be respectful. But I, I am terrified at the next generations with their lack of respect for their parents mm. um, and adults and how mm. they treat them with such a lack of respect and, and dis, dis, disobedience, you know, mm. I don't know with you and, and your culture and, and how you were raised, but would you get, were you respectful? Or I was not. I, you and I, you and I probably caused a lot of, a lot of, uh, white hairs, uh, for, <laughs> for both our parents. I wasn't, I was, um, I wasn't overtly, uh, challenging, um, but I, I thought uh, that I knew better than my parents. Um, and That's surprising. Yeah, I know. Some things never change. <laughs> um, and I think for, uh, for me, at least, um, my, my growing up was, um, was, was tough. I, I grew up with a lot of resentment uh, towards my parents, um, with a lot of animosity. And... Um, I, I think now that I reflect upon how my relationship went, um, it's, it started to click. I was actually thinking about this uh, last week, that a lot of the other problems in my life, kind of speaking to what you were saying, a lot of the other problems in life kind of stemmed from the fact that this ground level that was supposed to be built, right? A ground level where your default position is respect uh, and deference. That didn't exist. And so I think as, as I grew older, there were, there were a lot of really painful situations in, in my life, at least, that, that I didn't have to go through uh, because that that basic formational work wasn't wasn't there mm -hmm. um but there's hope which is the wonderful thing i see i see you and and your parents both of them both janine and and dennis and yeah. um and i just i've told you this i've told you this off, off camera and you know i'm on this this new thing where uh, i'm trying as hard as i can to make my <laughs> to align to align those two circles <laughs> she knows that pastor joel knows this because because I've, I've told her, I really, really envy the relationship you have with your parents. Um, because uh, I, I just see, I see the care and the the gentleness um, that you have both with your both with your mom and with your dad, and even with your with your grandfather. Mm -hmm. Just while while he was while he was alive and he was here. There was there was just such kindness and such just such gentleness, and I don't know. I kind of picture I kind of picture that that's that's how Jesus probably was mm. with with those whom he whom he was called to to share family with, right? Mm -hmm. With this with this gentleness and this this commitment to service, and this uh, always thinking about the other person first, which is, I think, to me, the ultimate sign of respect. Am mm -hmm. I capable to, of putting your needs before my own mm -hmm. needs? And I, I've told you this. I, I think that that comes, that that is well, well, well ingrained in the Royer household. 
Well, you're very kind. You, I think you say way too many kind things about my family. Uh, but I was just thinking when you said, you know, talking about Jesus and that was how he was with others. And I, I was just thinking how important his modeling mm, yeah. to, to his disciples, yeah. uh, was, you know, when we're talking about actions and words, Jesus preached a lot, right? Mm-hmm. We have so many examples of, of him preaching, but we also have just as many examples of him then backing that mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. by what he, he did. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why, you know, he's, he's Jesus, Jesus. you know, he, he's <laughs> perfect. He, he definitely was like this all, all the time. But when I think of my family, I think of watching my mother and my father with their parents, mm. even as they were adults by this time. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's so important as adults when we're, we're talking about all of this is the modeling mm. that is done. And even not just an action, but that the words combined right. with, you know, we're talking about, I'm, I'm getting off kind of on a tangent here. I'll, I'll stop, but you know, Papa, the way that my parents treated him in his later years, you know, when he's mm. dementia, when he's, you know, it's not as pretty as, as it was their commitment yeah. to him in his state and the respect mm. and the love and still the obedience mm. at their age to mm-hmm. him. Actually, as an adult, watching that spoke deep into mm. and i think they did that because they realized they're the next one up <laughs> Don't, no they did. they're the next one up no, they're like they we gotta show joelle how we need to be treated when we're older now i'm joking but no yeah. I, I think it's that modeling yeah. again and the actions yeah. and how parents man they speak into their kids lives it's important but and anyway those and those speeches have oh, i love what you just said because i think I think at this point, you really are taking what what Paul wrote in this chapter and applying it to real life. And I'll, I'll tell you why. Yes. Um, so hit it home, Miguel. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm just <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to build on on the foundation that you've laid. Uh, she's probably going to hate me for sharing this, but your mom. And hopefully she doesn't watch us. Uh, I'll make sure she does. <laughs> make sure she doesn't. Gonna... <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, so I, uh, um, I remember going to your office um, to pick something up. And you weren't there. Um, so she let me in. And she... I went and I said, hey, Joelle left these papers. I have to pick up, blah, blah, blah. And so she took me to your office. And I, um, she, you know, your mom's really, usually really jovial, really energetic. Um, and she wasn't as energetic that, that particular day. And so I said, hey, what's, what's going on? And she's like, I'm just, I'm really, it was like one of these brief moments where you actually see yeah. through. And so yeah. she said, I'm just really tired. And I said, hmm, why? And she she started sharing that, you know, Papa was having some difficulty sleeping. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like it came full circle. Like, because my kids, when, when they were growing up, difficulty sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's constantly getting up and making sure that they're okay and that they're safe and that they feel heard and protected. And then in that moment, as she's talking about kind of how that night went for her, it's like this thing goes full full circle. Mm. And I can just, in that moment, I just picture your grandfather doing that for Janine a few years ago. And now this is reversed and reverted. And Hmm. it's so powerful that Paul says, 
children obey your parents and then he flips it and he says fathers do not mm -hmm. exasperate your yeah. children Verse instead four. bring them up in the training and instruction of the lord <laughs> well, the way that this happens i think is through modeling this mutual relationship where 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 children are supposed to respect and parents are supposed to train and instruct it's all about modeling and that's i think what really just picking up on what you were saying a few moments ago what really petrifies me about thinking of the future is that i do think there's a lack of modeling oh, in, our, in our current culture and or the wrong kind of modeling. or the wrong kind of modeling <laughs> maybe yeah. there's maybe yeah. there's modeling it's just not and if they're not getting that from yeah. if we're not getting that from home then i don't know where we're gonna learn these like self-sacrifice, yeah. uh, putting other people first, making sure that even as an adult that's completely differentiated in a job and you you have autonomy, even then um, I've I, there, there's still this high degree of deference and respect. And then um, that I don't know how that how that issue in, in our current society gets gets fixed. Well, that it's deeply disturbing, actually. <laughs> but there's always hope, right? And I think, I think the uh, further away society gets from the principles that mm. that Paul is talking about is why we're in in these circumstances with society, because we're starting to see a society that does not value spirituality mm. and maybe not just value it, but practice it. I, I think there are a lot of, yeah, I think there are a lot of people who mm. were raised in the church and spiritual um, surroundings, but maybe it is they know about things. They know about God. Mm. They know about, they know about but it hasn't transferred into actually knowing and falling in love with Christ himself to want to 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 want to emulate mm. him in a more um in a larger way because Miguel the bottom line is it's hard it's hard when i think about um relationships and I mean even take us for instance as colleagues we've been through some some challenging times difference of opinion difference whatever and the easiest thing to do in those circumstances which I think a lot of us end up doing is you just walk away right or you just ignore right and it's it's really hard to put into practice the things that are in the Bible. Mm. It takes energy, it takes effort, it takes looking at yourself and not pointing the finger, mm. but being able to look within and saying, "What am I contributing to this? What do I need to change? Where do I need to listen? Where do I need to?" you know, have boundaries, draw the lines, whatever. But I think our relationship as colleagues has benefited and has deepened the more uh, we have been able to be honest, build the trust, have honest conversations that are not always pleasant mm -hmm. or not always something that we've wanted to heal here. But it's taken us to the next step of, Miguel really cares, mm. you know, for him to be able to say that and feel safe enough. Um, he is wanting to help me to become better. He's not doing this to try mm. to destroy me. He's no. doing this to to try to help build, mm. build me up, you know. And um, so I think, you know, when we talk about, you know, society and, and where it's going, I, I think it's really important that we take this and be intentional, especially parents, all you parents, teachers, everyone that is in a role 
especially with the younger generations, that's where it starts. Yeah. Teach them young so they understand these these concepts and are able to build on it. Mm. Anyway. And you you that's so important and it's 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 so simple but it's so difficult to do. Oh, um, absolutely. You know I don't like conflict. I actually I'll I'll just say whatever <laughs> I need to say to to get out of the conflict. Um and that I think has been something just really hard. Um but that I've learned how to how to do as part of, of of this team, and it's benefited other arenas of life. Mm. I think I'm a better spouse because mm. of it. I'm a better parent because of it. Um, the, one of the things that that I that really has impacted me is just how Paul is throwing out these advices for the whole this advice, these pieces of advice mm -hmm. for the whole church, because through life together through being part of the body of Christ, you actually begin to shift. You create these new habits or these new values, these new, these new things that you really, really care about. Um, I, so my spiritual walk um, was, was again, very, uh, it was very oriented to you thinking the right things and how much knowledge can can I archive and how do I process that? And then how do I take these complex ideas and simplify them? And for me, prayer, for example, is a very intellectual exercise. And then I, you know, I did life with 15 other pastors that have different uh, spiritual walks in different areas where they feel most comfortable. And you and I, uh, started praying for one another on Mondays mm -hmm. and still do, still do. We still pray for one <laughs> another on Mondays. Um, and that, that's like kind of the first time that intentionally, other than, you know, with Linda, where we pray before we go to bed, that intentionally I've, I've decided to pray with someone fast forward. And this is like really, really uncomfortable for me to do because it's not part. First off, I need to be honest and I need to be open and I need to vulner be vulnerable. When, when somebody's asking, Hey, uh, can I pray for you? Well, you, you want to be honest about the things that you need. Um, and then I find out that you've been doing this intentionally. There's several people in your life, uh, with whom you pray regularly and that are praying for you regularly. And for me, that was really important. And so I took that little Joel spiritual practice and I took it back to my, uh, to my doctoral cohort. And so now there's, uh, some people in, uh, out of state that I, that were, 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 were in prayer for one another. And it's it. just, it's just modeling this mm -hmm. these, this uh, this behavior and me saying, "Wow, this this thing that Joel does is uh, is something that is life giving to her." I wonder if it, it's not my comf my comfort zone, but I wonder if what would happen if if I apply it. It's still not my comfort zone, but there's people there's people that uh, I've really you would never know it. Yeah, you would never no, know. It's it. not. But there's people around now. Like I have friends now from back east that are like, we're, we're on the thread now. Uh, for for guys from uh, I love it. four guys and they're you didn't like, tell me this. I didn't. You're telling me and everyone, everyone else, else at the same time. Every, everyone else. This is hey, it's all good. Uh, <laughs> and they're just like, hey, uh, Thursday prayer, uh, journey group oh. prayer, and um, we're just doing life together, and it's been. It's been so affirming. And so it's I just, again, that. the the strength That's and awesome. the power. Nice. I'm learning. <laughs> uh, the power that modeling gives, I guess, is, is what I'm what I'm trying right. to get at. So the you're giving us some some you gave us just some practical advice for for teachers and for parents. I, I would just add to that. Find people in your life Absolutely. that speak that speak yes. into and that have the same walk with Jesus as part of the body of Christ and then ask them about their spiritual practices like what do you do um and then apply and, and import some of those to your own life mm -hmm. I know for me that this thing of, of being open and vulnerable and sharing in prayer with several people across the country has been really really helpful yeah 
And it's, you know, it's hard, I think, to find people that we feel safe with. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of, because so many of us have gotten burned. Yes. You know, you try yes. and open up. You want to share things about your life because they're heavy. Yes. They're heavy on mm -hmm. your heart. And you share it and, you know, you get stabbed in the back, as mm -hmm. they say. And and then it 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 makes you want to keep things even closer mm -hmm. and not share. And I think that's one of Satan's devices mm. to keep relationship from happening because that's where healing and learning come in. And if he can keep us so removed um, from community, he is doing a, a good job because there's no growth being by yourself. Mm -hmm. There's only a certain amount. Most of our growth comes from relationships, whether it's friendships, you know, romantic, whatever. Um, most of our growth is comes from that. Most of our growth comes in community, which is why I think he's just spent two chapters talking, talking. about community. Yeah. Because he wants a, a growing church. And so he's not saying, hey, this is the evangelistic effort that we're supposed to put out. Or here's mm -hmm. all these flyers. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, we're going to have this amazing program at the church with an amazing speaker and great music. He's saying, you want to be a church, a church that grows. Pour into your relationships. And that's really a... It's a different set of values. Mm -hmm. We were talking about society a while ago. I think it's a different set of values because we're all about the super gross stuff. Um, you make a lot of fun uh, of me when I about I the gym. Never, yes, she does. I never she does. make fun. She does, y'all. She does I make fun know. of me about the gym. She's like, "Where are you going to the gym again?" And <laughs> Uh, and then Linda this week that kind of, true. that's been, you've been modeling to Linda because Linda's like, I don't know why you go to the gym so much. You still look the same. And I was like, oh, um, but <laughs> maybe I learned from her. <laughs> maybe she's modeling to you. Oh no. But okay. in our society, it's all about the quick fix, right? This quick growth. And Paul is saying, pour into relationships. It, growth is going to take longer because you're right. Yeah. It's tough. and It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. You can get stabbed in the back, like mm -hmm. you said. But that's how growth happens. And so I'm wondering, I'm wondering in your mind, and this, we're going to go off, off schedule a bit here. Um, uh -oh. I'm wondering in your mind, how do you cultivate that patience? Because it's, Kind of, it's every day, right? I'm, I'm, I'm just watering this relationship plant a little bit. And it's going to take a long time for it to become like a bush mm -hmm. or a tree. Mm -hmm. um, and in a society that just values quick fixes, um, mm -hmm. like I want my church to be amazing, or I want my family to be amazing, or I want my relationship or my job to be amazing. And it seems like what, what you're saying is true growth takes relationships and relationships takes time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Honestly, especially as of late, I am humbled and I just keep coming back to, and this may sound cliche or whatever, but it's just, how can I not do that with others with what Christ does with me? Mm. And I think about where I am now and where I was and where I need to be. Mm. And I keep looking back and even in, in my relationship with my parents, just seeing their patience with me. And sometimes I'm just horrified. I literally am horrified. And even with friends, when something comes to light and I realize that I've been doing or acting a certain way, and then all of a sudden it comes to light and I look back and I look at all the time mm. that people have invested into my life to help me be a better person and especially Christ like he never gives up he doesn't you know he is constantly drawing me and pulling me to be a better person but he doesn't beat me up wow he doesn't beat me up over it and so how do I cultivate that I simply remember what's been done for me mm. that's the bottom line and 
I can't. I can't not. Do you like that? Double yeah, I negative. Do. I do. I love it. <laughs> I, I I just can't um not be doing that for mm. for others, right? It's yeah. just and so I know that sounds whatever as far as an answer, but I just I I have this thing that just every morning is meet people where they are meet people where they are and walk and you don't know how long your season is going to be with that person but if god has placed you in in their lives or placed them in your life and they're the most difficult person it's for a reason wow. and if they're the easiest person and maybe they're teaching you how i mean it's just it, it comes full circle yeah. so the bottom line is miguel how i cultivate that is just by what's been done for me through christ and through other people teachers um you uh other other people in my life that have poured into me and have not given up they've seen something good deep down and they just continue to be like we got you. We're, mm. we're sticking with you. And we, we we went off yeah off script a little. We but did. Sorry, comes, bring it back. No, no, no it's bring back. it back. It's that's bring exactly what Paul is saying. Because then he talks about slaves. Mm, yes. And I Verse just five. I, I kind of want you Verse to five. I want you to think keep what what Joel said in mind. Kind of how can I not do this for others if it was done for me? Mm-hmm. Serve wholeheartedly, verse 7, as if you were serving the Lord, not people. Because you know that the Lord will reward reward in each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. Mm. Paul is saying, even like this really, really difficult and powerless position that is a slave, when you are serving, you're not serving people, you're serving God. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's kind of this idea of thinking Jesus served, Jesus kind of left the throne of heaven to come and die the death of a slave. How can I not approach the rest of the yeah. world with service? And it, it it just boggles my mind how how apt we are at making these things that are really simple really more complicated sometimes yeah. than they need to be. Because that's what he's saying. He's saying, look, you cultivate patience because you don't see people as projects. You see people as as Jesus sees you. Jesus doesn't see you as a project. Exactly. Jesus sees you as a beloved son or daughter. And so when, when, when you start looking at people, I think, as you were saying, not as projects, but as beloved sons and daughters of God, it's not real. Patience isn't really required because mm -hmm. you don't have an end goal. It's simply we're going to do life together through this season, however long the season is. And some seasons are long. Some seasons are <laughs> some long. Seasons some are seasons are really long. Are very long. <laughs> but it's so important. It's just it's such an important concept. And it's just something that I think we need to be making more priority mm. and have more intentionality into our relationships because this world is so broken, Miguel. Yeah. The depression levels and the the loneliness and the just the treatment of people that don't believe the same or mm. you know, and God God does not categorize this group of people we treat this way this mm -hmm. group we treat this way everyone is treated the same with the same amount of respect and love and you know that's what we we are definitely called to do as children as slaves whatever yeah. that is what we are called to do as parents and masters you said mm -hmm. You don't treat people differently. And that's that's where Paul ends this section, doesn't he? Yeah. He says, slaves, be kind to your masters yep. because God doesn't show favor. To, to, masters, pardon, be mm -hmm. kind to your, slaves, to your slaves because God doesn't show any favoritism. Mm -hmm. And I think that's respect, um, 
the capacity to be to train and mm-hmm. equip uh the capacity to view other people not as projects but as beloved daughters and sons of god and the ability to look at everyone the same i i think paul is talking about the discipleship journey of of any church absolutely and i'm so blessed and uh, <clears throat> I, I know you um you sometimes um say well um i don't i i, I need to really think about what what i'm going to say and what i'm going to do miguel and i are opposite i need time <laughs> and he's time. like but the reason why I think it works with you is because you yeah. live these things. These these mm-hmm. these things aren't theory uh, to you, and so I think that's why you're our discipleship pastor here, and we're so just so blessed to follow you in, in this discipleship. I trip. I am definitely the blessed one. I say that with humility, and um, I have grown so much mm. being your colleague and just here at this church with with all of you. Yeah. Really, our members help us as well. Yeah, you all, uh, our colleagues, the people that yeah. you do life with, go mm-hmm. and. Um, I know that sometimes you join us to see what, we what big words I'm going to use or what <laughs> original language. You but thought to, this was a Bible? It's actually a dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> it was ready to look up all Miguel's words. But today, <laughs> today I think it's it's important to remember that the Christian walk is. Yeah. It's not just about thinking, it's about doing. So thank you for reminding us. Joel, will you pray for us as we close? Sure. Father God, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here together. Lord, you you have set an example that is impossible to um, replicate without the help of your Holy Spirit. So as we have been reading in Ephesians, Lord, I just pray that through your Holy Spirit filling our hearts and our minds, that we will be transformed into individuals who are able to align what we believe Mm. with our actions and that we are able to change our society in this world by the way we live our lives and especially by the way we love Christ and we let Christ shine through us. So go with us this week. Lord, help us to be better this week in our relationships and to be intentional with where we are headed with them. In Jesus' name, amen. So dear friend, go and model that for somebody Mm -hmm. else as our prayer. We'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.